A gallimaufry is actually a collection or an assortment of things. We know that gallimaufries can be anywhere. They can be in car trunks, they can be in classrooms, they can be all over the place. Well, the gallimaufry is not the junk itself. It is the collection or the assortment. Good morning and welcome to episode 123 of Effectively Wild, the Baseball Prospectus Daily Podcast. In New York, New York, I am Ben Lindberg and in Long Beach, California. Joining me is Sam Miller. How was your long weekend, Sam? It was short. Yeah, it wasn't actually a long weekend. It was a long weekend in the sense that we did not do a podcast yesterday. You, but we did work. You did write an article and edit articles. Yeah, and read articles. And read articles. Although that's fun. It's not work. It's fun until it is your job. <laughs> and then it's not unpleasant, but it is also, uh, it strangely becomes a thing that you procrastinate on. Yeah. So... It used to be that when I would work, uh, when I was covering, um, you know, news beats, I would waste my whole day reading about baseball in order to avoid doing work. And now that it's my job to keep up on baseball, I find myself procrastinating from reading. And but but there's nowhere to go. It's like I'm trapped. There's there's nothing to escape to once you're trying to escape from baseball writing. And so I just stare. You could at a screen. You know, I just sort of stare. Or at nothing. You could spend time with your daughter. Well, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that hasn't occurred to you. Uh, that is another thing that I procrastinate uh, because it is also a responsibility. Uh -huh. Yeah, there is a certain pressure to feeling like you need to read what everyone else is doing. Even at least so you don't do the same thing or so you get good ideas. Anyway, uh, we have... A bunch of topics today, but we don't like any of them. Uh, so you should, so please listen. Um, so great show ahead. Yeah. So we're not going to do a full show on any one of these topics, but we are going to do a full show on a bunch of these topics uh, in the Fire Joe Morgan tradition of the Gallimaufry, where they would not have enough material for a full post on one thing but they would have a bunch of things that they'd been tipped off to, so they would just do them together in a jumble and not spend a ton of time on any of them and just get to all of them. So that's what we are going to do. We're just and yeah. going. And, in five, and just like Fire Joe Morgan, in, in five years, the classical is going to do an oral history about <laughs> this segment. Do you need to do an oral history of a podcast? It's already, uh, it's already one. Tricky. Uh, okay. Uh... So, all right, first thing on our list here, on my list here, the Astros signed Eric Bedard. Someone suggested that we talk about how far away they are from, I guess, being a good team. Uh, they now have, I suppose, a full rotation or projected rotation of Bud Norris, Lucas Harrell, Jordan Lyles, Phil Humber, and Bedard, who is on a minor league deal but will probably make the team. And they have some other players on their team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you name? Can you name them? <laughs> I I was actually in a press box in a press box um, around probably August, and there there actually was a game being played of of name the Astros and how many could you name? And there was a one I forget who, but one credentialed member uh, of the the press corps uh, topped out at three. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I have thought in previous years that the Astros bullpen was like a dead zone in my 
uh, knowledge of baseball and that anytime I would look at who was in their bullpen, there would be multiple players I had never heard of. Uh, we just got a, a tweet, by the way, from someone who asked no more effectively wild. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's well, but yeah, it was over. How everybody is going to feel yeah. in about an hour. Um, <laughs> whenever I look at the Astros bullpen, I'm always shocked that uh, that I, I I I'm shocked to see that Frankie Rodriguez is in their bullpen, mm-hmm. uh, and then I of course realize that that's actually Fernando Rodriguez. Yeah. So, and we actually got a question from a listener I don't know a month or so ago who wanted to know what the effect of the Astros moving to the AL West was. Would it make them worse? Would it make everyone else better? And we liked the question, but we just weren't sure how to answer it. It was a very long, detailed question about what uh, quantifying exactly what the effect was, and we weren't sure what the effect was. Presumably it's something. Um, so the Astros moved to what is now a very competitive division, it seems like, and they've signed some players, but not any particularly good players. So how far away are the Astros? Uh, well, you mean how far away, like how many years until they're good yeah. or how far away from being well, good? Like, like, I guess, okay, so they won 55 wins, or they won 55 games last year in the NL Central, so now they're moving to the AL West. Mm-hmm. Will they win more games? Um, and that, well, geez. Um, and that was, I guess you could say that was with Carlos Lee and Juan D. Rodriguez and uh, the pitcher that you like, the reliever that you always love, uh, uh, Wilton, uh, Wilton Lopez. Yes. Um, and also with Brett Myers and I guess with, like, Jay Happ. Um, so they, sh- I mean, none of those guys are, like, super awesome, but they did shed a lot of players as the season went on, so you could maybe argue that they were actually worse in September mm-hmm. than they were in April. Uh, and they but- had Carlos Pena and Jose Veras and Eric Bedard and Phil Humber, and that's about it. Yeah, it, the H is uh, silent, actually. What? Oh, Humber. Uh, yeah, oh. I didn't, I never knew that. It's also not Phil. Well, you are the expert on... I, I am currently the expert on Philip Umber, <laughs> for what it's worth. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I think that it's. Um, I wouldn't put him at. I wouldn't put him at 107 losses. I mean, S- Jeff Sullivan wrote a piece, uh, which we might have mentioned on this show before last year, about how they were arguably the worst team ever projected, yeah. uh, which is to say that they uh, projections are usually fairly conservative and, and there's some element of regression to the mean in all projections so you'll rarely see a team projected to lose um you know 102 games or or whatever but the astros were in and so far as sullivan could find going back he couldn't find a team that had been projected preseason to to lose fewer games and they actually uh sorry to lose more games and the astros actually did lose more games in their projections i would guess though that i mean i don't know i think that that rotation is not so bad to me i mean i think that you could put that rotation uh, on, you know, I think if you put that rotation on a team that wasn't the Astros, nobody would notice it as being particularly bad. Um, you know, if that was the, uh, you know, if that was the Marlins rotate, I don't know, Marlins aren't a good <laughs> example, but I mean, it's not, it's a, it's a competent rotation. It's a major league rotation, I think. Mm. I don't know. Do you, I don't know. Am I way too optimistic about that? Uh, it's major league rotation because it's a major league team. I don't know that it's a rotation that any major league team would want. I mean, it's not 
it's not good it's it's very bad <laughs> so it's uh i mean i don't know i i guess i would expect them to win more than 55 games just because it doesn't happen often that teams win 55 games uh and maybe they'll get a little luckier or something they they were 56 the year before what they went 56 the year before is that right uh yeah <laughs> Pence and Roy Oswalt for right. Not Oswalt. Wait, was that Oswalt? No, not Oswalt. Not Oswalt. No. That was the year before. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They underplayed their their run differential the last couple of years by at least a few games. Uh, and I don't know. I I guess moving to the AOS makes them worse, probably record wise. I guess we didn't have a good way to quantify that, but. That's probably the direction of the effect, I would say. Yeah, well, especially given that the AOS right now is really good. And yeah. the, I mean, I guess the NL Central last year uh, wasn't as bad as it has occasionally been mm-hmm. uh, with two really good teams at the top. Um, but, I mean, you know, the, the AOS right now is, um, I think, three teams that won at least 88 last year and then a Mariners team that I think is, is going to challenge 500 um so it's not going to be um it's i mean it's certainly not going to be pretty and i mean i think that uh they i mean we've talked about when the point is that a team should punt and quit trying to get better in in an individual season and the astros are undoubtedly uh in a position where they should uh where they can they can feel very good giving up yes because there's, there's i would guess that it would take I don't know, 600 to 1 odds for me to bet on them to win the World Series? Yeah, and they have acted in a way that suggests that they would probably not give themselves better odds. Yeah, I think 600 to 1 to make the World Series. Uh-huh, okay. They will be, They will be. our our playoff projections will have them at 0% uh, on opening day. And yeah. they, they might, they will probably be the only team, I think. Well, I guess I, I'll take the over on 55 games. I don't feel good about it, but I'll take the over on that. And uh, I will say 2016 for a playoff contending Astros team. I will say uh, I will take the over on 55. I will say, well, what is contending? Uh, I don't know. Entering a season with... Uh, I don't know what's contending. Uh, it's what the what the A's and the Angels and the Rangers are. Yeah. Well, I would say that the uh, the Astros are going to have zero percent playoff odds on opening day this year. I will say that they will not have zero percent playoff odds on opening day in 2014. Hmm. And I will further say that their rotation this year will finish no lower than 13th in the American League in ever. <laughs> Uh, reliable metric you want to use. Okay. All right. So Astros in 2014 will not have a 0% chance. <laughs> that is encouraging. Uh, okay. Next question or next topic. The Marlins are in some hot water with the MLB Players Association, which is something that we thought might happen once they started selling everyone, trading everyone. Uh, so this comes from Barry Jackson's column on Sunday, I think, in the Miami Herald. Uh, He said, 
The 2013 payroll projects to be 32.5 million, but it's 45 million counting money they owe other teams. An MLB Players Association source said if owner Jeffrey Loria doesn't increase their payroll in the coming months, they plan to pursue the issue with Commissioner Bud Selig. We don't have to wait until next October to pursue it, the source said. Uh, if the Marlins don't raise payroll in 2013, former Commissioner Faye Vincent expects the commissioner and union will strongly encourage Loria to spend some money. They can make it very uncomfortable if he doesn't. Uh, mm. And in 2010, there was a, a similar thing when the MLBPA kind of forced an agreement that required the Marlins to spend more for a few years, which they did. Uh, and then those few years were over, and now they're not spending again. So... Also in that column is is the news that the Marlins are hearing from free agents who would love to play for them, including Freddy Garcia and Bobby Abreu. Uh, so they could sign those two guys to huge contracts and, and get on the Players Association good side, I guess. But maybe this is why we haven't seen them trade in Alaska, which seemed almost inevitable at, at one point. And maybe it's why they held on to Stanton. Not that he's making money, but uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else to, to say about the Marlins <clears throat> spending? Yeah, I mean, it seems it's a, it's weird because they did spend money. I mean, they spent more money than almost any team in baseball over the last few years. Or I guess rather they, uh, I don't even know what the verb is because they didn't technically spend that money, but they... <laughs> Committed, committed that money they, they 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 infused that money into the game huh. um and so if you're the player i mean like in a i mean really the the players association's got to be kind of thrilled with what the marlins have done that's true you know recently especially if you don't include you know the exclusively the near recent history um but i guess the question is do you think that the marlins actions this offseason uh suppressed the player market, the free agent market, by putting all these um, veterans, uh, you know, by making all these these veterans available. I mean, they basically, you could argue, they uh, increased the supply mm -hmm. of free agents where without increasing the demand and therefore uh, uh, kept everybody else's costs lower. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I guess I'd say so. It's hard to say by how much and and certainly not by so much that that salaries weren't quite robust anyway uh but yeah i don't see why not if if someone like josh johnson hadn't been available then i mean kyle Loesch might have been signed yeah perhaps or, or mark burley or yeah that is that's possible uh, the article does mention that the marlins expect to collect much less in revenue sharing this year, between 10 to 15 million, uh, they reportedly averaged 33 million from 2002 to 2010, and they also say that they lost 40 million dollars last season and won't mm -hmm. make much, if anything, this season because they expect attendance and, rev and ballpark revenue to plummet. Um, and it seems uh, strange that they would lie about that in that MLB and the players' union can see their books uh so it's not quite the same as telling the media that you'd think that the marlins who got such a sweet deal on their stadium would be able to break even at least 
especially in the first year of that stadium where they drew decently, at least certainly by Marlins standards. So I don't know. That's kind of hard to, to buy, I guess. But uh, the people they are saying that to will be able to tell whether they were telling the truth unless there's some sort of creative accounting going on. And this is just, you think this is just coming up because this is already, it had already come up with the Marlins previously, right? I mean, if the uh, if the Twins had traded Joe Maurer and, and Justin Morneau uh, and Josh Willingham this offseason, I, I can't imagine that there would be the same official action. Or do you think that the union is sort of, uh, has a little bit of an itchy trigger finger with this issue? Uh, yeah, I, I guess the fact that there's some precedent might have, made them look a little more closely, but I guess if there were another team that were projected to spend 30, low 30s on payroll next season, that's probably something that would have attracted their attention too, I would think. I wonder um, if the, um, if Bud Selig's sort of kind of quasi-intervention into the trade where he, you know, reviewed it and tacitly uh, approved it, even if he didn't, I mean, I don't know how officially he approved it, but he basically looked into it and publicly affirmed it, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if that affects this one way or the other, because in one sense, you could say, well, the Marlins have cover, because uh, Bud Selig has already blessed the trade and declared it a, an, an okay baseball trade. But on the other hand, it, it could be that this union, um, that, that the union complaining gives Selig cover to kind of take action against the Marlins without it being him, you know, like this mm-hmm. maybe gives him an opportunity to uh, let somebody else be the bad cop on the Marlins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, let's switch topics again. Next topic is uh, why did Alex Rodriguez wait so long to have his surgery? He had his surgery, I think it was last week, and he had the diagnosis months before that we were we were told about his diagnosis at the winter meetings uh and the yankees knew even before that so why when he had months of rehab ahead of him would the yankees have waited a couple months to kind of start the clock so i am taking this from a bill james mailbag oh i was gonna take that from a bill james mailbag okay which i i read specifically because i had no obligation to read it and so i procrastinated reading other things by reading the bill james mailbag right so that's why i'm bringing this up uh someone asked bill james as a yankee fan sorry apologies up front i'd like to give the organization and arod the benefit of the doubt on waiting until january to have surgery that i seem to remember we all knew he was going to have back in november i'm assuming that there might have been medical reasons for having to wait otherwise wtf and bill james said i'll tell you this it's a big wtf inside baseball Obviously, there is something, in all caps, going on there that we don't know about. Uh, And then someone else kind of posts the party (laughs) line about this, which is what the Yankees or or A-Rod's doctors have said, that it took a while to prepare for the surgery, that he was doing this sort of prehabilitation to strengthen the area uh, and reduce inflammation, which theoretically would reduce the recovery time and that it would be worth it for him to wait and bill james responded sure uh which seems rather uh dismissive so i didn't i'm sorry i uh 
I didn't hear that. I wasn't listening. So I'm going to, if I repeat what you just said, I was looking something up, but if I repeat what you said, I apologize. But so I'm looking at the daily news and they said the surgery was done now instead of when the injury was originally discovered because Rodriguez needed a period of prehab to strengthen the muscles in the joint. Am I literally repeating word for word what you just said? (laughs) Yes, you are. Okay. Uh, Which should I keep going? um, (laughs) I don't know. What are you going to say next? Well, I'm just going to say real quick that in this New York Daily News story, there is a photo of Albert of Albert of Alex Rodriguez in the hospital, uh-huh. which is weird. What? How did they get that picture? Why did he? Why did they like not? Oh, so there's a picture of. Oh, I guess it's via Facebook. Alex Rodriguez oh. released oh, photos. He does of have a lot of strange photos of himself on there. There's one of him actually in the hospital bed with like a breathing tube in his nose, and he looks like he's asking. Derek Jeter to hit a home run for him because he's got cancer. <laughs> uh, and then there's another one where he's like um, walking in the hallways of the hospital, which is very, very weird. And I feel like like he's dressed in street clothes. He's wearing like um, like a black jacket and like gray tennis shoes and a beanie. And I feel like there's perhaps some meme potential to this photo. <laughs> Uh, so David Pinto, who, who linked this Bill James thing that I saw, looked up whether this was actually a a standard recommendation with hip surgery on some hip surgery site and found that it was, or at least it was, it, it was mentioned as something that could be done if deemed necessary. Uh, so I don't know that either of us has any inside knowledge about this. I don't, um... Well, I do, of course, yes. but I, I, I can't, can't share it on a podcast. <laughs> right. uh, I, I know, I know all of the score. Uh-huh. Um, but I guess, I mean, when Arod was being benched uh, during the playoffs, we all wondered whether there was something the team wasn't telling us. At the time, he was ostensibly healthy, and it was just a, a performance-based thing. And then, much later, we found out that there was an injury in it. It wasn't exactly clear when the team knew about that injury or uh, whether it seemed that Joe Girardi made the decision to bench him the first time without knowing about the injury, at least according to Brian Cashman. But after that, there was the injury. So there was something going on then that we didn't know about. And at least conceivably, there is something going on now Uh that we don't know about, but do you find the official explanation convincing? Would you have thought there was some conspiracy going on if if you hadn't seen this Bill James thing? The conspiracy would be like I the, don't know. The, I guess I guess, I mean it will only be a matter of time until there is actually legitimately conspiracy theories about how this is a rod being suspended for uh steroids or something like that and that this is the way that they're secretly doing it right david pinto said maybe alex was planning a big look a big vacation and didn't want the surgery until after that Uh uh-huh i mean there's no the what's the i mean okay so there's always about a million explanations for any odd behavior that you're not thinking of that you know you could never imagine but in this case what is the counter theory that i mean there's no reason for them not to do this is there i I mean what do they gain what who would possibly gain from putting off this surgery for two months and what would be the mechanism of that gain kevin euclid 
Yeah, you think yes. Kevin Euclid? He just kept calling the hospital in like his A Rod voice and going, "Yeah, I need to reschedule." <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. You'd think it would be in the Yankees' best interest to to get him back sooner and also to ensure that he would be more healthy in the long run, given that he signed forever. Uh, obviously, it's it's in his best interest to come back sooner. Presumably, he he wants to play baseball. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess unless, unless there was some sort of testing thing or thing where he wasn't allowed to play, but even then, I mean, a suspension wouldn't kick in anyway, would it? I mean, I, I guess he could, can you serve a suspension while you're recovering from, from surgery? I mean, I, I don't know. I, well, you used to be able to. Yeah. Although, uh, I mean, what are we talking about? Well, there's no reason to think he's suspended, right? No. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, maybe baseball just maybe baseball has enforced the. Uh, maybe baseball doesn't want him to break Barry Bonds' home run record because A Rod isn't clean like yeah, Bonds was. That's such a sacred record. Yeah, it's such a hallowed. Yeah. <laughs> just think of how upset people will be when. Yeah. <laughs> do you think? Do you think people would be? Uh, happier with A-Rod as the all-time home run king or Bond? Um, well, there's that old expression about um, how uh, 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 politicians, buildings, and whores all get respectable with age. Mm. And I, I guess it's possible. I mean, clearly everybody hates Bonds more than, than A-Rod, I think, in general, in the world. Um, but there's there if, when you add another 15 years of of light, you know, if, if Bonds has it for, I don't know how many, how long has he had it? He's had it since like 2006 or seven, maybe. So, um, I, I think after a decade, people might just be more used to Bonds having it and it might seem more egregious that A-Rod would get it. Mm-hmm. So I could see, I could see people being happier with Bonds having it than A-Rod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, I don't know. It seems it seems kind of weird that you would wait a couple months to start the the rehab, the recovery clock on someone who's going to be out several months as it is. Um, although I, I guess they found the damage wasn't quite as severe as they had suspected or feared. Uh, but I don't really have a better explanation. I guess it's it's I I accept the possibility that there's something I don't know about going on here, as I always do, but. I don't have a great conspiracy theory or, or don't have a great motive for either A-Rod or the Yankees waiting here. Me neither. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Last, <laughs> last thing. Last thing, really? Uh, have, we, okay. have we talked long enough? I don't know. We've talked for 24 and a half minutes, I think. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah. Do you want to just quickly discuss the, the Dave Raymond article about the future of, of broadcasting, specifically broadcasting on the radio that we ran at BP today. I'll just say, uh, my, I just want to recommend that people read it. If you listen to baseball on the radio, I'm a big baseball on the radio guy. And I, one of the reasons is because it's um, you can do things while you listen on the radio, and you can't really do things when you watch on the radio. And I think that at, at a certain point in your life, you have to reckon with how much time you spend following baseball. And if you're... Um, if you're doing it on TV, you're basically just giving up a third of your life for uh, baseball. If you're doing it on the radio, you're just inc- you're weaving it into your life, huh. and it becomes um, 
just a companion, like a dog. It's like having a dog around. Um, and so I love baseball on the radio. I, I thought Dave Raymond was, it was great. He did a great job as the Astros guy. I really liked listening to him. Uh, and he, um, was removed from their booth after the season. And so I don't know where he'll go next. Um, but it's a nice little love letter to baseball on the radio that he wrote. And, uh, so I'd encourage everybody to read it. And it's really incredible when you think about it, uh, how there's almost nothing different between, uh, the radio broadcast today and the radio broadcast of, of say 30 years ago when, when you might have started listening. And whereas if you're flipping through MLB network and you see, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, Jose, you know, Jose Rio pitching in 1990s world series or something, you're just immediately struck by how different the TV broadcasts are. They're like night and day. It's like switching from, um, you know, the NFL to, to darts or something. The, the level of production is, is incredible. And uh, with radio, it's not really like that. There, there really aren't any bells or whistles, and that's kind of nice. Yeah, and so he says that uh, he's not really afraid of, of technology, that every new technology has just brought baseball fans closer to the game, and he seems to expect that will continue to be, to be the case. I guess, uh, I mean, is a, is a webcast the same as, as radio? I mean, is that because... Presumably, that could be the future, right? I guess if everyone has an internet-enabled device um, and has it with them at all times, then that would possibly be more popular than radio is. Not everyone carries around a radio. Uh, so maybe radio will just kind of be replaced by streaming or, or webcasting, which I guess is, I mean, it's a different medium, but essentially the same product, I suppose. It's just, it's a, a person talking into a microphone and describing what's going on in the game, however you consume that. It is. It's, I think it's hard for people who have the option to watch, to not watch. You know, mm -hmm. if, uh, when I'm at home, I still, like, my tendency is to put the game, uh, you know, a video, a, a TV game on my computer instead of the radio game on my computer. And, um, I, I, I think that the, maybe the biggest threat to radio, baseball on the radio is just that, uh, baseball on TV is so ubiquitous. You can get it in your office, you can get it anywhere, you can get it in the backseat of your car. Um, if you're, you know, hooked up to the internet, you can watch a game from anywhere now. And so it just, you know, you have to sort of more deliberately choose radio now, whereas it used to be that that was going to be your only option. A lot of time there would only be uh, one screen in your life where you could watch, mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't a portable screen. Mm -hmm. I always think when people say that they dislike a certain broadcasting team so much that they will just mute the TV and just mm -hmm. watch with no sound, I never do that, even though I do find certain broadcasters annoying. If I muted it, I'd have to just be paying constant attention to it. And I, mm -hmm. I generally am doing something else while watching a game, not always, but usually I'm looking at a computer or something, and and even an annoying broadcaster gives me some idea of when to look up and pay attention, which I find useful. Yeah, I gotta go. My daughter's crying. Okay, we're done. We'll be back with listener emails tomorrow, so send us some at podcast at baseballperspectives.com. <laughs>